right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Something, it's small, but perhaps a bellwether. Not going to say definitively it is. You had a special election in Texas in their 6th Congressional District. This took place on Saturday, seen as the first competitive race since Biden elected president. Bellwether, perhaps, on how a district that was was seen to be purple reacting to Biden's first hundred days. Now, when you maybe again, anecdotal, I'm not saying you should glean a whole lot from it, but I, I, I think it does say something, you know, when only what, 23, four million people watched uh, the joint speech to Congress the other night uh, uh, of Biden it wasn't exactly a barn burner either. Anyway, what's interesting in this, if they, thinking that this particular sixth district in Texas was was purple and the results were a blowout to Democrats, you end up with the results two Republicans earning enough votes to advance a runoff. Susan Rice, uh, so, I'm sorry, Susan Wright is the wife of the late Republican Representative Ron White, followed in votes by a guy named uh, Jake Elsie, who eked out a win over Democrat uh, Janelyn Sanchez. Sanchez con- conceded in a social media post. Uh, I thought there was good comments by John Fund. He spends a lot of time studying all these election results forever in perpetuity. But he said, if Biden's so popular, why this? It's a good question. Linking the story to the election results, Republican grabbed the two runoff seats In the Texas 6 special election yesterday, Democrats were shut out. Their candidates won a total of 36 percent in the Dallas area and a seat that Donald Trump only carried by three points last November. Tammy Bruce tweeted out Democrats should prepare for a shellacking in 2022. Look, I'm 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 not willing to go there yet. We people have got to understand things have to happen. Before 2022, I've gone over this in great specificity and great detail on this program is that five five significant things are needed if you want integrity and confidence in election results. One that is not on the list is H.R. 1 or S.R. 1, which Republicans in the Senate can stop if they unite. I like answers from Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney. Boy, he got booed the other night and and the likes of Ben Sass. But uh, they're now doing this. I I just have an interest as a news person. What's going to happen out in Maricopa County, Arizona, because this they're doing a full audit of the 2020 election. Washington Examiner pointed out that at the one week mark, the secretary of state is the Senate audit liaison offered an update on the process that includes 2.1 million ballots cast, a forensic audit of voting machines, follow up interviews with voters, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So. I'm going to be interested to watch and see what the results are. I'm not jumping the gun on anything. But if you want election integrity, I don't think anything on my list is extreme at all. I think it's something that you would think reasonable people, regardless of what their politics are, would want. So we ensure that there's that there's confidence in election results. Now, they're able to fix things after 2000 in Florida and after 2016 in Florida. They should be able to fix it anywhere else in the country. One, and at the top of the list, is you got to have voter ID. That's not that, I don't think that's too much to ask for, voter ID. 
I think if you need an ID to get a, a, a pack of cigarettes or a six pack or to get into the White House or get into the Capitol or get into a Democratic National Convention, it, it seems like a reasonable request. In the 500,000 years that Joe represented Delaware, they've always had voter ID requirements there. He never referred to it as Jim Crow 2.0. You have more accessibility by far with the new Georgia law than you do in Delaware. So, so you need the second thing you would need besides voter ID is signature verification. I don't think that's too much to ask. They have a database in Georgia. That's one thing they do need to add to their current law that they just passed. The next thing, chain of custody, meaning when ballots come in that they are put in an area where both Republicans and Democrats can keep their eye on it so nobody can, so you have confidence that they're not being tampered with. That seems reasonable to me. Uh, sort of like a trust but verify philosophy. So chain of custody, I think every, almost every state has a law that calls for partisan observers to be able to, from both sides of the aisle, to watch the vote count. Now, that didn't happen in 2020. That means the law was violated. Now, okay, you'd argue, well, we're in the middle of a pandemic, Kennedy. Well, they should have accommodated for the unique situation of a pandemic. They could have kept social distancing rules. They could have everybody in a mask. Uh, you could have the people that are opening the ballots, you know, open it in a wide open area and then place it on a, a desk. And one by one, you can have the Republican observer, the Democratic observer, go take a look. Check it's okay, not challenge it, challenge it, whatever they want to do. And then I think every year you, you, you should make sure, update the, the voter rolls. Make sure that everybody's, everybody on the list is current. I don't think it's that hard to do. I don't think it's that complicated. I'm not asking for anything that benefits one side over another. I just want fundamental fairness, confidence. The American people deserve that. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting to watch this. Now, we, we've been talking a lot about the financial costs of what Joe Biden is doing to the economy. And it's getting scarier by the day. Now, we predicted this. What did I say would happen to gas prices and filling up the pump? You know, when you need to go to the pump and fill up your gas tank. What did I say is going to happen to heating prices and cooling prices when you want to cool your home, heat your home? Every time you have a, an increase in gas prices, that impacts that, you could say, is even a tax on every American. But Joe says, well, Americans are not. If you make $400,000 a year, you're not going to pay a penny in taxes. You mean I don't have to pay sales tax? I don't have to pay state income tax? I don't have to pay property tax? I don't have to pay a capital gains tax. It's just an outright lie. And the administration can't get it straight that it's $400,000 per couple. So $200,000 per individual. And that's assuming when he says you're not going to pay a penny, Social Security taxes, well, I guess we're all free from all those responsibilities because I don't think that's happening either. So they're not being honest. But you see gas prices now going up. You're going to pay more to heat your home and cool your home. There's articles out today that the price of coffee is going up. The price of wine is going up. The price of toilet paper is going up. Well, what do you think happens when truckers have to pay more for the fuel to bring every product to market? 
that's going to raise the price of products because they're not going to eat it. They still need to get paid. They need to put food on their tables. So the price will be passed on to you, the American people. And when you put a corporate tax in place, I can promise you corporations aren't going to adjust their bottom line and just accept that the higher taxes must be paid. They're going to increase the price of goods and services for everything that they sell and every service they provide. Procter and Gamble out of Ohio, they are behind several consumer goods, said they started raising prices for its baby care, feminine care, adult incontinence product categories to offset rising commodity costs. On the earnings call, General Mills, an American company, over 100 food brands, a lot of breakfast cereals. I used to love some of them. I don't eat cereal anymore. Cheerios, Chex, Wheaties. They're planning to increase prices. Coca-Cola, they said their price is expected to rise. Some of the company's most popular brands, including carbonated drinks, like Coke and Sprite and Fanta, as well as other products like Minute Maid and others. The pandemic led to a rise in online wine sales following restaurant and bar closures, and the increased demand is expected to result in higher prices for everybody. Coffee prices are up. Energy prices are up. Even the New York Times is putting out shortages And price increases they are eliciting are being watched closely by the Biden administration. And it's not looking good. A record 34% of all household income in the United States now comes from the government. A record 34%. Wow. Think about that for a second. Is that not redistribution? Even Warren Buffett saying that, yeah, we're going to see substantial inflation and and rising prices. Okay, it's all, look, supply and demand crisscross and dictate price. You don't have to be an economics major to understand. Okay, you have a certain amount of supply. You have a certain demand for, in this case, let's say oil. And based on the supply, based on the demand, where that intersection takes place that would dictate what the price of a barrel of oil is that'll dictate what the price of a gallon of gas at the pump costs all right now the united states is going to produce less oil less gas less energy which means that the market has less available product which means that people will pay more for limited price it's simple supply and demand it's it's not that it's not that complicated Even Biden's own economic advisor is out there in one of the Sunday programs talking about inflation that Americans now that's that's the next thing we have. Then there's a concern. There was an article in The Hill is the U.S. headed towards a new housing bubble because you have home prices now, you know, literally going through the roof. And guess where they're going through the roof specifically Florida and Texas and states where people are are escaping to to get rid of and away from the confiscatory high taxes of states like New York and New Jersey and and Pennsylvania and Michigan and California. By the way, we're going out to California. We're going to interview Caitlyn Jenner this week, who is, and, and I had an opportunity to speak with her. She is serious about this run. This and I'll, I'll, this is going to get very. There'll be a very interesting interview. I'll tell you that. The next best part of it is I get to go to In and Out Burger 
Linda, I'm sure you'll be joining us, correct? Joining you at In-N-Out Burger? Yeah. No, I don't think so. You won't get one product from... They actually... You have the real potatoes there. They change the oil every day. How do you, you know? You, you do not experience... How do you know they what, change the oil you, every day? Because that's what their policy is. Where does it say that? I don't know where it says let it, Let me but see I the policy. <laughs> I don't what believe do you, you. I don't believe what, anything what, anymore. What if we let you go in the back and examine the oil? I would like you, to do a walkthrough. Phenomenal. I wish I could save them and bring them home to poor, deprived little Liam that you've never given a Happy Meal to. First of all, kid. Liam has plenty of French fries. He's not the prize. Yeah, I know. Air fried French fries. Not the good ones. Yeah. Listen, yeah. if you never. I make my own French fries in my Masterville turkey fryer. How do you like that? Oh, that's disgusting. And peanut oil. I bet you don't change your oil either. I do. No, I actually am very good at changing the oil. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to put a hidden camera in your Masterville. I don't believe it. been a while. I used to know how to fix cars. Now I look under the hood of a car and I can't fix anything. Uh, Anyway, 800-941. No, by the way, Biden is quietly preparing for food stamp increases, by the way, without any congressional approval. Boy, how did I grow up believing that we had co-equal branches of government? Joe is teaching me just the opposite, that he now gets to rule everything by executive fiat and a stroke of a pen. 800-941-SEAN. Why did I believe my entire life that we have three co-equal branches of government? You have a legislative branch, a judicial branch, and and a co-equal branch known as the executive branch. Because I'm reading today that the Biden administration is quietly laying the groundwork for a long-term increase in food for tens of millions of Americans without going through the ordeal of a fight with congressional Republicans. Now, they're trying to use an obscure Department of Agriculture shopping list used to determine food stamp benefits known as the the market basket. And they're trying to figure out a way to increase dramatically the dependency on government with no input from anybody. By the way, Biden's hitting the road this week to drum up support for his massive spending bills which will then total $6 trillion and we're just getting started with a down payment. Uh, you know, at some point, math comes into play here, and you can't afford it, and you don't get to call child care infrastructure. Words have meanings. You don't get to say that um, pre-K, daycare, guaranteed job, housing, whatever it is, is infrastructure, because that's what they're now saying. They need to just be honest with we, the American people. Why don't you just be honest and lay it out for the American people, make your case to them, and let the Congress decide and run the math and give us real numbers. For Joe Biden to go out there and say that people making over $400,000 a year will not pay a single cent, that's just not true. And why he gets away, well, remember, they got rid of the fact-checking section of the Washington Post. Because why Donald Trump's out? Why would we fact-check a Democrat? We agree with their lies. We, pro- we, we are their propaganda wing. We support their lie. All right, we'll get to all of that. We got a lot of news on COVID that we will get into. Questions that need to be asked that nobody else will. Scary developments with Iran and much more. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. So we'll be out in uh, California on Wednesday uh, for the show. We're going to interview Caitlyn Jenner. We do have a little funny backstory because uh, I had interviewed her many times before. And anyway, this this 
she went on good, not Good Morning America, she went on with Diane Sawyer and tells the whole story, which everybody knows about. And anyway, I was talking about it on the radio program and she was listening. She calls me. <laughs> it's a funny call. She goes, Hannity, you're not going to believe this. I go, what? He goes, you know what the biggest shock with all of this to Diane Sawyer was? I said, what? When I said I was a Republican and a conservative, I just like, you, you can't make that up. That's that. Okay. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, anyway, that'll be uh, later this week. That means it's in and out burger week. Which one will I go to? 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. I, I like, um, let, let me get to the Giuliani question. He's going to be on Hannity tonight. Uh, America's mayor. We all know what's been happening with him. And then now we have three of your most prestigious brands of the media mob uh, ending up with egg all over their face this weekend. Major hit piece that they were all publishing on Rudy turns out to be a total and complete fabrication. And just like dozens of other fake news stories, uh, Joe Concha picked up on it writing for The Hill. The New York Times, Washington Post, NBC, they had to walk back their reporting that the FBI's communication with President Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, regarding Russia. Washington Post was the first to report on Thursday that Giuliani was warned that he was the target of a Russian influence campaign last year. The newspaper citing people familiar with the matter. Um, others, quote, were apparently were given a similar warning. Then the Post had to issue their correction on Saturday saying it had removed assertions that Giuliani and, and other places had received such warnings. A spokesperson for the Post had no additional comment when, when people have reached out to them. The New York Times similarly reported on the FBI's contact with Giuliani. They, they, they all have the same source themselves. You know, if you ever, when I used to follow Twitter, which now seems like four centuries ago, it just amazed me like there's this little media bubble of blue check media mob people. And if you retweet my story, I'll retweet your story. And we're all good. And, they, and, the, and the American people and Trump supporters are all evil. That's pretty much the narrative. And they're terrible. Can you believe that Donald Trump did this? Can you believe that Donald Trump did that? I'm like, oh, OK. Pretty unbelievable. When are they going to retract their lies about Russia and Trump and collusion? Now, this gets even more interesting because we now have the Epic Times reporting that former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani uh, was surveilled by the FBI. Remember, Rudy said this, and we'll get into this in more detail with him in our interview tonight, that in fact that they had surveilled his iCloud and his conversations. Remember, his client at the time was Donald J. Trump the president of the United States. This was apparently being monitored during impeachment hearings. And in a weekend, Giuliani's home was searched by federal agents. And his attorney, Robert Costello, was told by apparently some of the U.S. attorneys that, that in fact, went into his house, took his electronic devices, interestingly, not wanting Hunter Biden's laptop and just taking his word for it. And going from there now if you remember my remember what i recall is that rudy like me and a few others 
that didn't buy this. Oh, there's no, no credible person thinks anything happened wrong. And that's Joe Biden saying, telling the story. Council of Foreign Relations, I believe, is where he was. That, you know, I, I, I said to them, you're not getting the billion dollars. You got, you got six hours. I'm leaving in six hours. Yeah. You're not getting the billion dollars unless uh, you so fire that prosecutor. We're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. The prosecutor's not fired. Why would the vice president of the United States of America leverage money that's not his, appropriated by the administration, all money's approved by Congress? Why would they why would they why would he take it upon himself to say you're not getting it unless you fire a Ukrainian prosecutor? Why would any American vice president give a rip about a Ukrainian prosecutor? Well, it turns out that that was the prosecutor investigating his zero experience son, Hunter. It's not like he's a kid. He's 50 years old and zero experience. Hunter had no experience in oil, gas, energy or Ukraine. How do we know? Because he did probably the dumbest interview I think I've ever heard. Listen, we have that. All right. Well, anyway, we have we have it there somewhere. We'll get to it in a second. But he had no experience. Well, why do you think you got the, the gig? Uh, I don't know. Could it be because your father's in charge of Ukrainian policy? In the list you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the vice president. Of course, yeah. No. What role do you think that played? I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States. You were paid $50,000 a month for your position? Look, I'm a private citizen. One thing that I don't have to do is sit here and open my kimono as it relates to how much money I make or make or did or didn't. But it's all been reported. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. So no experience, but a billion five de- deal with the Bank of China. Then we got the the first lady of Moscow, a Russian oligarch, Russian oligarch of all things. And the money wire transfers to his company with that. Then the Kazakh oligarch, Ukrainian oligarchs. And so the context is, is that my understanding of Rudy's work at the time was, and he was very public about it, we interviewed him, I believe, at the time, was that he was looking into that. Now, they're saying that this is some type of FARA, which is a law violation. Well, does that law apply to, to Hunter Biden? Did he, did he file all the paperwork? That's a question I'd like to have answered. Alan Dershowitz has asked about this this weekend, and no whole barred. Hardly a conservative. Harvard Law Professor. He said in banana republics in like Castro's Cuba and many parts of the world, when a candidate loses for president, they go after the candidate. They go after his lawyers. They go after his friends. That's happening in America now. They're going after Rudy Giuliani. Now, Dershowitz, you know, has taken a lot of heat because he's not a conservative Republican. He happens to be a more progressive Democrat. 
and he said a search warrant on a, a lawyer or a doctor or a priest, he said you don't use search warrants. You don't use search warrants when people have privileged information on their cell phones and in their computers. You use what's called a subpoena. And the difference between a subpoena and a search warrant is night and day. And it's not constitutional. So it's going to be interesting to watch all of this unfold. It's a little bit scary. Um, I am very concerned, and I said this last week. You know, reports out this weekend that John Durham is is not nobody's going to be held accountable. Inspector General Horowitz reports with numerous referrals for the same exact charges brought against, say, for example, Papadopoulos or Roger Stone or Paul Manafort process crimes, except in, in the case of your, you know, Donald Trump supporter, it's a pre-dawn raid, you know, guns are blaring, CNN cameras in the case of Stone rolling, you know, for lying to Congress. That's not how things usually get done. They, you, usually the prosecutor's office will say, all right, can you call? Can you, can you can tell your client he needs to be at this location at this time, be on time? And then they will surrender, especially for a process crime, not being a threat to others in society. Well, that's a dual justice system. That's not equal justice under the law. That's what we call a dual justice system. That's not healthy in America. Just like, you know, bypassing that other branch of government, the legislative branch, just like H.R. 1, no voter ID for anything. Everybody's registered. No signature verification whatsoever. Good luck trying to buy a pack of cigarettes under those circumstances. That'll never have it. You'll never be able to get a pack. It'd be illegal. I'm sure that they would, if you're a conservative, then they'd probably prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. I mean, that's what's happening. I mean, very, very troubling times. Maxine Waters, every day we have seen this nation get more racist. Now, I, th- I think a lot of this now is going back to what has happened after Tim Scott gave the response to Biden's speech last week. And those attacks now are backfiring on the Democratic Party, even especially in the state of Texas. You have a Texas Democrat is now facing serious backlash after referring to Republican South Carolina Senator Tim Scott as an Oreo. Guy's name's Gary O'Connor, chairs the Lamar County Democratic Party. His comments were posted on Facebook, his account last week, after Senator Scott delivered the Republican response to President Biden's address to Congress. By the way, it's a very hard act to follow a State of the Union address. If you think back in years past, it's, it's not a good position to be put in because you have all the pomp and, you know, the, the majesty of the office of the president and two houses of Congress and a joint session and a lot of noise and a lot of standing and a lot of clapping. It's a hard act to follow. And by far, Senator Scott, you know, he, it was his night. It wasn't Joe's night. Anyway, I had hoped that Scott might show some common sense. He seems he's clear. He's nothing more than an Oreo with no real principles. Where's the wokeness application of the left to attacking an African-American who just happens to have a different political point of view, because that's all this comes down to. A different political philosophy. And how is it Uncle Tim 
talking about Tim Scott trends for 12 straight hours before at Jack at Twitter deems it uh, something that needs to be stopped. How has that happened? I'd like to know. It's unbelievable. And by the way, Josh Hawley slammed Twitter, rightly so, for this whole thing. He said it's a glaring double standard. Uncle Tim trended for 12 hours. So sad. It's so offensive. And Maxine Waters, every day we have seen this nation get more racist. One thing that was a very interesting development after all this was unfolding last week is to hear Joe Biden and Kamala Harris both agree with Senator Tim Scott that America is not a racist country. Now, all three of them have rightly said there are racist people. There are ignorant people. There are evil people in life. There are very dangerous people. There are people... It's not the overwhelming majority of anybody. I, I actually think most Americans of all races, creeds, colors, backgrounds are good people. But there are some bad people. There's some people that will, will kill you in, in the blink of an eye and won't think twice about it. There are people that will sell drugs and be killing other people. As long as they have their money, they don't care. They're not going to lose any sleep over it. They have violent gangs. They don't seem to have much of a conscience bothered by what it is that they do. Sad. And that's why you need the police. That's why, you know, who are you going to call with all this defunding going on? Because that's not working out well. There's a New York Post article out today says Minneapolis is becoming murderapolis again. And and that and that's true in every state where they've been part of this defunding effort. It's not working out well for the people. California, where I'm headed, is releasing violent felons early. Apparently on Saturday morning with little notice. Yeah, they're increasing the early release credits for 76,000 inmates, including violent and repeat felons, as they try to trim the population for what was once the largest state correctional system in the country. More than 63,000 inmates convicted of violent crimes will be eligible for good behavior credits that shorten their sentences by one third instead of the one fifth that had been in place since 2017. How do you think that's going to work out when you couple it with defunding the police or in some cases dismantling the police? Depends how far you go in all of this. All right. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Um, the border crisis is getting worse and Joe Biden is denying the truth of it. Now, the lawsuit started by the Arizona attorney general is now picking up steam and getting support from other attorneys general around the country. And Mark Burnovich will join us with an update when we get back. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, I mentioned earlier, all prices are heading north. Prices of coffee and wine and toilet paper. Yeah, when the price of fuel goes up, everything goes up. When you tax corporations, yeah, they usually charge more. None of None of that should surprise anybody. Now... Add to that, you know, all of this, this massive crisis and unmitigated, unprecedented uh, Biden created crisis at the border. Maybe we shouldn't be thinking about money. Uh, We also have pandemic issues to worry about with the high rate of covid positivity at the border. If each of the thirty four thousand plus unaccompanied minors now we're just talking about the minors who've arrived since January attends a public school next year. Well, that will cost the American taxpayers 
$500 million. Biden then eliminated the stay in Mexico policy. He canceled now officially, as of this weekend, the military-funded construction of the, of the border wall. Uh, Central uh, Intelligence Agency is mocked over the recruitment ad that they have, which is a separate issue apart from all of this. He had four killed, two dozen hospitalized after a a boat overturned off San Diego during a, a smuggling operation suspected that took place there. And none of this is going to get better because they keep doubling down on open borders. And they keep, you know, for example, there's now a new driver's license for undocumented immigrants taking effect in the state of New Jersey. In other words, they'll accept applications for driver's license from people without that are in the country illegally without any federal immigration status at all. You're going to get a New Jersey driver's license. Well, I guess you can register to vote at that point, too, whether you're a citizen or not. Um, you have all of these. There's a report on Breitbart, illegal alien sex offenders that are actually being freed into the U.S. Thanks to Joe Biden's sanctuary country orders. And in February, Biden's Department of Homeland Security issue orders preventing ICE agents from arresting and deporting illegal aliens unless they're terrorists, known gang members, and recently convicted of aggravated felony. Uh, An analysis of the orders revealed that they're likely to prevent about 9 in 10 deportations. Those are people convicted of crimes when they already committed the crime of entering the country illegally. Um, Now even some Democrats are getting concerned. The two senators, Kelly and Sinema, out in Arizona seem very concerned how this is going to happen impact them politically um and and we also have uh, others as well mark why is mark kelly why is why is kristen cinema saying this for political reasons now joe biden is out there saying he still won't say that this is a crisis at the border he's claiming we now have control my sources on the ground say just the opposite is true and then he tells protesters at this rally i think this was in georgia uh just give me another five days oh you're gonna fix it in five days joe here's what he said folks georgia was uh A hundred days ago today, when I was inaugurated on the steps of the United States Capitol to be your president, I was looking forward to coming back and seeing these guys. I agree with you. I'm working on it, man. Give me another five days. Immigration was, was not one of the crises that demanded urgent action in January. Does it demand urgent action now? Is is what's happening at the southern border, is it a crisis? It is getting urgent action now. For example, a month ago, we had thousands of young kids in custody in places they shouldn't be, controlled by the Border Patrol. We have now cut that down dramatically. Here, look, here's what happened, Craig. The failure to have a real transition the two departments that didn't give us access to virtually anything were the immigration and the defense department. So we didn't find out they had fired a whole lot of people, that they were understaffed considerably. But in April alone, Mr. President, 170,000 people, migrants, apprehended at the border. It's a 20-year record. There are 22,000 unaccompanied children in our country right now. That's a, that, that's a record. That sounds to most folks like a crisis. Well, look, it's way down now. We've now gotten control. 
there's no control and the cages that he built for kids that are living on top of each other uh, in the middle of a pandemic continue to exist. Now, a coalition of Republican states led by Arizona, they're now trying to get the Supreme Court to intervene in the legal battle over a Trump era policy that restricted immigrants who are deemed reliant on welfare from receiving green cards. I think there ought to be, I, I believe, number one in merit-based immigration. I also want the stay in Mexico policy back. Uh, catch and release is a disaster. They're not even catching. They're just releasing at this particular point. Stopping border wall construction is a bad idea. But the, the public charge rule was introduced in 2019, expanded the definition of, of public charge as an immigrant who receives one or more designated public benefits for more than 12 months within a 36-month period. What, are the, what, what should the criteria be to come into this country? Well, I think a health check in light of a pandemic is a fair um, assessment that you should make if you're going to allow somebody into the country, one. Number two, I think a background check so you can see if people have radical ties and associations, that, that would be a pretty good idea. And number three, for the highly coveted openings we have in the country because we can't absorb the world's population and if we opened our borders which we're doing uh that's what's going to happen i think you have to show that you have the ability and means to care for yourself financially and won't be a burden on the american people the attorney general of the great state of arizona is here to update us on where this court case is headed and how and what the real situation at the border is you're there every day tell us thank you sean for having me on and the bottom line is the Biden administration rescinded essentially the public charge rule. And there was a case pending for the Supreme Court. There was cases throughout the country. There was a process that was put in place. And basically that rule, as you said, basically means that if you come here, you know, you have to be able to support yourself and you're not going to become dependent on government benefits. And so this, if we fail to enforce this rule, it has existed in some form for more than a hundred years. And basically, if we don't enforce it, our emergency assistance programs will be overwhelmed when Americans need them most. So, Sean, basically what the Biden administration is saying, that it's okay, you can break the law, you can come illegally cross the border, there's not going to be any criminal penalties, and now we're going to go ahead and give you free government benefits. We'll put you up in a hotel. We'll make sure that your kids get all the counseling and babysitting they need. And even though American, the American people, the hardworking taxpayers, um, don't always have access to these benefits, they're essentially giving free health care, free housing, free child care for people that literally crossed the border legal, a week ago. So it's not only a fiscal issue. I think it's a moral responsibility issue in the sense that I just don't think it's fair. We've got homeless veterans here. We've got a family struggling after the pandemic. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris care more about people in Central America than they do about hardworking American taxpayers. What are they talking about? How many millions of dollars are they going to send to, for example... Uh-huh. To, to Central America as a means of, uh, I guess, financially bribing yeah. uh, these countries not to allow migrants yeah. to enter the U.S. illegally? What kind of approach? Sean, I'm to- telling you, it, 
sorry, sir. It's, I'm telling you, it is so depressing, and it makes me so angry. Um, and all Americans should be concerned about this. Literally, they're going to send $310 million to three Central American countries. So that's like just, we can go out and start a giant bonfire. I know D.C. likes to waste a lot of money, and they don't understand that we pay our taxes for that. So your tax dollars, my tax dollars, anyone that works in this country, your money, $310 million is going to Central America. ICE just signed a contract for $86 million to house people here in the country that just came across the border. Millions of dollars is being spent on health care. So literally, you're talking about just in the last few weeks, a half a billion dollars that not, is not going to American hardworking taxpayers, but is literally being funneled to Central Americans and people that cross the border illegally. So why is it that if, if you are found guilty of a crime and you enter the country illegally, even if you spend time in jail and even in some cases violent crimes, how is it that states can get away with their sanctuary state status or the sanctuary city status? And I, I, my understanding of the law, you're the attorney general of Arizona. You can you know, illuminate us all here and, and tell us. Uh, my understanding is the law requires that the states at such time hand illegal immigrants over to ICE for deportation. But that rarely, if ever, now happens. Sean, you're absolutely right again, and this is what, once again, is so heartbreaking, and it makes you wonder what is going on in Washington, D.C., and what Biden and Harris are doing, because literally, as a result of our lawsuit, we're the first state now, because we sued Biden over the failure to execute the deportations that are required under Title VIII of the U.S. Code, so we have an ongoing lawsuit. We received discovery in that case, and a bunch of stuff was redacted, but literally, during the process of reviewing those documents last week, the executive director uh, or associate executive director of ICE said their new policy will result in a 50% decrease in individuals in ICE custody. So that means people are not being deported. They know they're not going to be deported. And if you look at the data, Sean, of the type of people that aren't being deported, we are talking about literally murderers, rapists, people that have been charged with kidnapping. According to our state Department of Corrections officials. People are being released from prison from committing crimes, and ICE refuses to pick them up. I have talked to other federal officials, people in short-term federal custody. They call ICE to come get them for deportation. They're refusing to do so. So this is once again, we talk about this is immoral and it's dangerous as hell because what's going to happen? And I was a prosecutor, I was a gang prosecutor, federal prosecutor. When you release felons, when you release murderers, rapists, and people that are guilty of crimes like kidnapping, they're going to commit more crimes. And this is going to affect everyone in this country. We know, we've talked about this before, that the fentanyl um, seizures are up 233% last month. The cartels are making tons of money. And now you literally, it breaks my heart to think you literally have felons and people charged with serious crimes being released into our communities with no supervision. I mean, this is, it, it is to me, the, at some point, Sean, someone, you know, someone needs to start asking the question, what did the Biden administration know and what did they know it? Because if this was any other countries or people from other than Mexico or Central America coming in, people would say, oh my gosh, two million people coming across the border in one year, all these benefits, people on the terrorist watch list being apprehended, they would say, my goodness, this is a national security threat, which what it is. Let me ask you about the politics out there, because uh, we have an election in Arizona for the Senate next year, and I noticed that uh, one of the most liberal senators in Washington, a reliable Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, left wing 
a senator by the name of Mark Kelly, uh, all of a sudden after Biden's speech, uh, said, yeah, no, he needs to uh, talk more about the the crisis at the border. Um, Why do I think that's lip service? Because Senator Kelly knows pretty darn well that the people of Arizona know more than, say, other states, being a border state, uh, of what the reality is uh, in terms of Biden's bad policies on the border. And why do I believe it's just pure politics on his part? Sean, this shouldn't be an issue of Republican versus Democrat or right versus left. It's a fundamental issue of right versus wrong. And unfortunately, but the point is, I, I think he's been pushed yeah. into this position yeah. because he sees politically it's going to hurt him. Well, I agree, but the, you judge a person not by what they say, but what they do. Mark Kelly has spent three months doing absolutely nothing. When Joe Biden, his first day in office, stopped building the wall, when he rolled back the Remain in Mexico policy, when he rescinded um, the deportation orders, you know, our office, I filed three lawsuits related to those actions. He did nothing. It wasn't until two months into this crisis he finally did something. Border Patrol agents are underfunded. They're demoralized. He has done nothing. And so now he issues a statement. So, you know, people can talk about stuff, but you need to walk the walk. And if I mean, I know that if, you know, Biden was my, you know, the president of what party I win, I'd be in there right now saying, why the hell aren't you at the border? I mean, Kamala Harris can weigh in on Governor Newsom's recall, so she can weigh in on recalls, but she can't call me. Like, why, is, why isn't this administration working with Arizona officials like me, Arizona law enforcement, the sheriffs, the AGs on the border? It's because they don't care about this issue. And so have, they, have they even bothered to call you? Have they, have they been talking to anybody there that you know that's on the front lines? Absolutely not. And that's what's so demoralizing me. They've got time to go do tree projects in Mexico, Kamala Harris does. They've got time to send all this money to Central America. They've got time to stop off at pastry shops or, you know, whatever, get involved in the California recall. But they can't call any law enforcement official here or me to discuss the issue. As you know, I've invited Vice President Harris to come talk to us, to come to the border to see what's going on. And they refuse to do so. And the bottom line is this. Did they even get back to you? No, they didn't. And it's, Sean, it's like with my kids. I tell them, if you ignore a problem, it doesn't mean it's going away. The adult thing to do is to address the problem. And they're refusing to do so, and they are creating chaos, and they're endangering the American public. All right. We appreciate all your work. We'll keep everybody updated on it. Uh, thank you. Attorney General sure. Mark Bernovich is with us uh, from Arizona. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break right back. Your call's on the other side. Straight ahead. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Well, we're, we're learning a lot as we now sort of sort our way through uh, COVID, the pandemic, and, you know, we've learned a lot what worked, what didn't work. We've learned how wrong scientists can be and the experts can be and the great Dr. Fauci can be. And, you know, we're also learning something else. Now, we, we have discussed... Some some states like Florida, their schools have been open for in-person learning since August. Now, I think by now, this being May, the next year, we would have known had that been a big problem. Well, the New York Post on Saturday did an investigative piece that the Biden CDC actually changed their own guidance on school reopenings after getting pressured from the teachers unions. I've called this for many years on this program, an unholy alliance with teachers unions and the Democratic Party. 
Now they've contributed, you know, gazillions of dollars to Joe Biden's presidential campaign, and they always donate a fortune to Democrats to get elected. And the American Federation of Teachers, they lobbied the CDC uh, and even suggested the language for the federal agency's school reopening guidance that was released in February. And the powerful teachers union, their full court press preceded what was the federal agency putting the brakes on a full reopening of in-person classrooms. Uh, now that we've that now that we've found these emails between the CDC and the American Federation of Teachers and they show a flurry of activity between the CDC director, her top advisors and union officials with Biden brass being looped in at the White House. So basically, this is this decision is I, I thought we were going to follow the science because the science is saying that it's safe to open it, except the political pressure from one of the biggest donors uh, to the Democratic Party puts the pressure on because they don't want in-person learning. You know, there's been a lot of talk, for example, about Joe Biden and, and wearing masks outside and. You know, okay. now the White House is saying he's doing it as an extra precaution. Okay, it's it's kind of bad when even fake news CNN will call out Biden over his anti-science mask use. And this is what I the point I brought up and I've made very clear that I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I just don't feel comfortable joining the. The, the cadre of voices out there telling people what to do medically, because I don't know your medical condition. Now, I've, thank God we're not in India because they're setting global records right now. The pandemic there is just an absolute disaster. And, uh, you know, hell freezes over when CNN makes an acknowledgement about Joe Biden. Now, if you look at some of the, the other issues surrounding this, you know, Biden wearing masks outdoors, an extra precaution. What do you mean an extra precaution? I, I, you know, because there are people that are on the fence here. And I'm not going to make their decision for them. They've got to make their own decision in consultation with their doctor based on their unique medical condition. And, uh, you know, but if you're going to have guidelines, tell us why. If everybody's vaccinated, then at that point, doesn't it 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 shouldn't matter because we were told that we'd get life back to normal. This doesn't look like life is getting back to normal in any way, shape, matter or form. You know, so, you know, it's 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 confusing. If you want to know the truth, it becomes confusing for people. Down in Houston, police discovered 90 illegal immigrants crammed into a single suburban house and covid was inside the house. That's 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 not a good sign. And of course, we have another incident of a passenger removed from a plane for not wearing a mask between food bites, unaware of the federal mandate. And. Okay, well, can you just, where is this common sense applied to things like this? Like a one-year-old on a plane. Uh, All right, let's get to our busy phones. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Adam is in Louisiana. Adam, hi, how are you? Glad you called, sir. It's an honor and privilege, Sean, to finally speak with you, man. I can't express how much you and your show mean to the everyday average American. You know, with Rush... You know, now gone and, and President Trump on a brief hiatus until he gets back in four years from now. You are the voice of the American patriot. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate. Well, l- l- listen, I'm, I'm nobody can fill Russia's shoes. Let's start there. Well, and, 
You know, I, I view this, and I really mean this, Adam, and I've said to everybody that listens, I'm like, I want to deputize all of you because it's going to take all of us. At the end of the day, I'm trying to get out as much information as I can and convince as many people as I can and and expose what I really believe to be a very, very dangerous path that Joe Biden and, and, and the radical Green New Deal socialist leftists uh, what what that will do to the country, but everybody else, all hands on deck. 2022 yeah. matters. It really does. Yeah. But thank you for your kind words. I appreciate it. But, you know, the raid on the nation's mail at last week, you know, was the final nail in the coffin for me, Sean. It's quite well noted, uh, Sean, that Giuliani offered to assist the FBI wholeheartedly with the investigation well before the raid on his apartment. You know, to smear the reputation of one of the most well-respected men in this country, frankly, is unforgivable. This man's been a... Well, as as Al Dershowitz said this weekend, he pointed out, he said, you know, in banana republics, in in Castro's Cuba, many parts of the world, candidate loses for president, they go after the candidate. And he pointed out, from a legal perspective, you don't use a search warrant when people have privileged information on their cell phones and in their computers... And uh, you use a subpoena. The difference between a subpoena and a search warrant is like night and day, and it's just not constitutional. I agree with him. You know, but the thing is, is that this man's been uncovering corruption and crime for nearly five decades. I mean, if anybody knows what a crook looks like, it's Giuliani. I mean, you know, the the DOJ's trying to tell him, you know, that he didn't register with some FARA act, you know, and... If you saw Tucker's show, which I'm sure you did, you know, he offered Hunter Biden's hard drive right to the FBI. And they didn't want nothing to do with it. You know, well, we have Rudy on TV tonight. So I'm going to ask him a lot more in terms of the details. Good. My my understanding of his work that he was doing in Ukraine was directly related to trying to get to the bottom. Now, it was amazing to me, and it shows how corrupt the media is, how corrupt big tech is. But the idea that you got Joe Biden, vice president, on tape bragging that he leveraged a billion dollars to the Ukrainian government, demanded a prosecutor be fired, the prosecutor that was investigating his son. He's, you know, he's not a young kid. He's 50 years old. Hunter Biden who goes on Good Morning America, admits he has no background, no experience in energy, oil, gas, Ukraine, whatsoever. And then one has to ask the important question, well, then why are you getting paid millions of dollars? And we all know the answer to that question. And the idea that the rest of the media, if, if the last name were Trump, we all know that would have been handled much differently. That scares me. In terms of equal justice, equal application of laws in our country, because if if Vice President Donald Trump was in charge of Ukraine and Don Jr. had no experience in energy, oil, gas or anything Ukrainian and he's being paid millions and the father, you're not getting the billion unless you fire the guy investigating my son. I think the, I, I think there would have been a political earthquake as loud as as like a volcano eruption from the media. And and that's how corrupt it's gotten. That's how bad the double standard is. 
You know, it makes Americans lose hope because it's like if you're a conservative, you spit on the sidewalk 10 years in jail. If you're Joe Biden, if you're a deep state operative, you use a dirty Russian misinformation dossier to spy on a president, nothing happens. The Clintons, the Clinton Foundation, nothing happens. Um, that, 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 to me, is what's so troubling in all of this. And, and I'm going to get into all this tonight with Rudy on TV. I hope you'll watch. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, listen, if this would have been you or I doing anything remotely close to what these what these criminals have done, we'd be in jail 25 years. You know and I know every bit of this crap is a never-ending attempt to keep Donald Trump from trying to run again in 2024 and take the office back that was stole from him. Absolutely. I'm one of millions of people that are PO'd right now. The filth that's in power right now, its only objective is to rule over and control by any means necessary, and the election was proof of that. I don't know what else. Listen, I'll run through the short list. H.R. 1 would forever alter and ever having integrity and confidence on our election system. You know, simple voter ID, which exists in the state of Delaware. Joe Biden has, what, been a senator a thousand years, and he's yet to even lift a finger to change his restrictive laws. But, you know, why would he call Georgia's law far more inclusive, far more accessibility, far less restrictive than Delaware, Jim Crow 2.0, because that that is a way to gain power, packing the courts, a way to get power, Uh, ending the legislative filibuster, a way to get power, D.C. statehood, a way to get power. And, And that is the real clear danger of the modern left Democratic Socialist Party. That's why I'm telling people that if you if you care about 2022 and you want a, integrity in elections, OK, you want chain of custody, clean out the voter rolls every year. Uh, if you if you believe the statutory language in the law that says partisan observers can observe the vote count, if you believe in voter ID and signature verification, simple standards applies to every other aspect of life, then every state legislator legislature needs to do their job. But they need to do that part now. And if we wait till 2022, it's too late. And and at that point, I don't know where you get integrity in elections going forward. But you raise a lot of good points, Adam. Um, it's it's a chilled atmosphere out here. I can tell you that. But it can't be one that gets you down. It's got to be something that should motivate you to redouble your efforts to have good governance and government. It's government of we of the people by of and for the people. We, the people of the United States, we've got to We got to stay engaged and hold these guys accountable. All right. As we continue back to our busy telephones, Robin in Florida. How are you, Robin? Thanks for taking my call. Actually, you just kind of said what I was going to say. If, if, if it's we, the people and this is our country and these people work for us, then why is it that we, the people, can't form together and go after some kind of uh, injunction or some kind of uh, a lawsuit or some kind of something to stop some of this before it gets too crazy out of control? Because if we wait for another two years to vote them out, what's going to be left? And Uh, Biden during his speech, which I didn't... There's, there's two things to do. One, I just mentioned on the state 
level to get state legislatures to enact voter confidence integrity laws and and to shore up any problems they may have in their individual state like pennsylvania needs to now follow their constitution uh georgia needs to add even to their new law signature verification uh then i would say if wisconsin and michigan if they're going to have early voting then you can't you can't have laws that say the opposite and then do it anyway if partisan observers by the law can observe they have to observe so that has to be changed now and similarly you know, we, we have time. I mean, if, if, if we put enough pressure on Republicans, they can walk out and none of this can can become a reality uh, because if 50 senators don't provide a quorum and they stand strong together. But that includes Lisa Murkowski. That includes Mitt Romney. That includes Ben Sass. If they stand together, then it can be stopped. If they don't, then. You know, then you got to start counting on mansion cinema. I'm not that confident. Talking about the voter um, integrity portion, I'm talking about everything in general, the stuff going on at the border, the, um, you know, what did they, what, how many lawsuits did they file to stop Trump from finishing the border? And how can we file those same kind of things that push some of this stuff back to where Mark Meadows group is doing it with Steve Miller. There's other groups. We just had the attorney general of, of Arizona on. He's got 19 other states joining him, and so the states are are taking it to the courts. And I'm hoping that you know the courts follow the law because if they do, we we can be successful. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, news roundup, information overload. Our Sean Hannity Show, 800-941 Sean. You want to be a part of the program? Now, I want to play this. Uh, Mark did a great interview with Senator Josh Hawley on Life, Liberty, and Levin uh, on the Fox News Channel last night. Anyway, Hawley is now rightly so because he's been going after big tech and their abusive bias corruption. And and this this comes into play on very specific issues here. And as it relates to if they are a, basically a propaganda arm of the Democratic Party, well, then that would be in every way an in-kind donation, right? So anyway, it's if you think back, Apple opposed the order. Remember the, San, the case of the San Bernardino shooter? Well, the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, said his company will resist a federal judge's order to access the encrypted data hidden on a cell phone that belonged to the terrorist couple that killed 14 people in San Bernardino last year. Well, now we know that they apparently had no problem getting to the iCloud of Rudy Giuliani back in 2019. Well, that would seem to me like a pretty flagrant double standard. Uh, Josh Hawley, I thought, said it well. This is him. In recent days, my office was contacted by a Facebook whistleblower, a former employee of the company with direct knowledge of the company's content moderation practices. And I want to start by talking about an internal platform called Tasks that Facebook uses to coordinate projects, including censorship. The Tasks platform allows Facebook employees to communicate about projects they're working on together. That includes Facebook censorship teams, including the so-called community well-being team, the integrity team, and the hate speech engineering team, who all use the task platform to discuss which individuals or hashtags or websites to ban. Now, Mr. Zuckerberg, you're familiar with the task platform, aren't you? Senator, uh, we use the the task system for, um, I I think it's, as you say, for people coordinating all kinds of 
uh, work across the company, although I, I'm not sure if I'd agree with the characterization specifically um, around content moderation that you gave. Well, uh, let's get into that. Uh, and let me see if we can refresh your memory and, and provide folks at home watching with an example. What particularly intrigued me is that the platform reflects censorship input from Google and Twitter as well. So Facebook, as I understand it, Facebook censorship teams communicate with their counterparts at Twitter and Google and then enter those companies' suggestions for censorship onto the task platform so that Facebook can then follow up with them and effectively coordinate their censorship efforts. Well, I'm talking about content moderation. I'm talking about individuals, websites, hashtags, phrases to ban. Is it your testimony that you do not communicate with Twitter or Google about content moderation, about individuals, websites, phrases, hashtags to ban? Just yes or no. Do you communicate with Twitter or Google about coordinating your policies in this way? Senator, we do not coordinate our policies. Do your Facebook content moderation teams communicate with their counterparts at Twitter or Google? Uh, Senator, I'm not aware of anything specific, but I, I think it would be uh, probably pretty normal for people to talk to their, their peers and colleagues in the industry. All right, so I, that was actually from a hearing um, with, with some of the big tech uh, CEOs and, and leaders here. Now, here's where we are on this, and it gets a little bit complicated. Professor Dershowitz, I had mentioned this earlier, this weekend, we now know that in 2019 that the FBI surveilled the, the president of the United States' attorney, iCloud, uh, during the impeachment hearings in 2019. Now, that would seem like a pretty invasive thing. And as, as Professor Dershowitz pointed out, a search warrant on a lawyer or a doctor or a priest, you, you don't use a warrant, you don't use search warrants when people have privileged information on their cell phones and in their computers you use a subpoena and the difference between a subpoena and a search warrant is like night and day and it's just not constitutional now the story in the epic Times says that former new york city mayor rudy giuliani that the fbi surveilled his icloud chats during impeachment hearings in 2019 in an interview over the weekend giuliani's home was searched by agents said that his lawyer was told by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan that the alleged wiretapping took place. And he asked to repeat it because he couldn't believe that it was true. Now, we saw what happened in, in, in the 2020 election when the New York Post broke, broke the story about Hunter Biden's laptop. And we know that big tech protected all things Joe Biden. He was in the candidate protection program. And they banned their platforms from putting out the information. Well, since then, at Jack at Twitter said, oh, I think it was a mistake because it was right. It was true. And there was no research. And the double standard for conservatives and liberals, we've chronicled that well. And then when you kind of put it towards, well, OK, remember Apple, you know, a number of years ago when that San Bernardino shooting took place, Apple opposed the order to help the FBI unlock the phone belonging to the shooter. Okay, does that sound right to you on any level, any of these separate issues? A special counsel to the American Center for Law and Justice, senior advisor on Internet free speech with the American Principles Project, uh, Craig Parshell is with us. Thank you for being with us. Do you see, like, a connection here, how Big Tech reacted to the San Bernardino shooter, what we now know took place with the iCloud of Rudy Giuliani in 2019, the possible coordination, which was the line of questioning of Senator Josh Hawley. Do you see these as interrelated? 
Yeah, I certainly do, Sean. I think you've put your finger on a hornet's nest. They want to keep it covered up uh, because uh, on multiple legal and moral uh, levels, including good governance by our government officials, this is wrong on so many levels. Let's just start with this. Let's start with the 2019 uh, iCloud invasion of attorney-client privilege. I've been involved in these cases on the criminal side over the years where the FBI has done this uh, as a technique because they really know they can get information they think, strategic information from the attorney's files or communications that is going to be protected. So, uh, you know, Mr. Dershowitz is absolutely correct, again, that a subpoena is a public opportunity for both sides to appear in court. And what Giuliani could have done if there was a subpoena as opposed to this warrantless uh, order that was affected, giving the FBI ability to go into the iCloud account, had it been a subpoena, the attorneys involved would have gone into court and asked to quash or dismiss the subpoena request in a full hearing before the public, the American public, before a judge on a bench. They would make their arguments for protection of attorney-client privilege and probably would have won. But, of course, that's just the thing. The FBI can accomplish it without going into court, without having full uh, opportunity for both sides to be heard if they follow the current procedure. It's very troubling. And then when you look back to uh, Syed Farouk's cell phone that Apple refused to open up, even after a court order, they really didn't comply. The FBI had to hire some uh, professional uh, hackers over in Austria to help them to open up that phone. Meanwhile, American public safety was at issue, and apparently Apple didn't care. So on multiple levels, number one, uh, uh, legal procedure was violated. Number two, it shows the hypocrisy of Silicon Valley giants, Apple in particular, in, in those cases. But number three, and this is perhaps the most troubling scenario of all that I see, Facebook, Google, and Twitter. They basically own the vast majority of information, viewpoint, and opinion on digital platforms that all of us use, whether it's our phones or our computers. It is the 21st century uh, printing press, basically, that's essential for all of us, both in politics, business, and in our personal lives. These companies, when it came to the election issues of Mr. Trump's use of Facebook and Twitter, isn't it interesting how they all worked in tandem to shut down President Trump? Then, when well, it we're going to get COVID-19 a permanent decision in two days from Facebook, uh, what their decision on it is in terms of canceling President Trump, right? Yeah, it's going to come down Wednesday morning. Those of us involved in the case are going to hear early than earlier than that, probably Tuesday. But it is coming down officially on Wednesday. Uh, we don't know what they're going to decide, but of course, this is not a uh, a court in the, in the traditional sense. This is an independent governance board created by Facebook, uh, made up of uh, law professors and former judges and some political leaders from around the world. So we don't know what that's going, uh, how it's going to result. I know how it ought to result, and that is Facebook once again will lose, and President Trump should win. But we'll find out. Uh, but I wouldn't count on in, in this comedy. chilling atmosphere. I wouldn't count on it. Let me let me take well, it a step it, further, it, Craig, it, if I can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, you look at the the climate right now of arrogance uh, in Silicon Valley. Facebook, Google, Twitter all came out with the same policies to start shut down COVID nineteen uh, information that might run against what they thought was the 
uh, popular opinion of the CDA. So uh, they've all been working in lockstep. It's laughable to say that they aren't not only talking together, but planning together collectively to shut down politically incorrect content. Now, one other development today, even fake news CNN picked up on this, which is interesting, uh, and that is the Biden administration now considering using outside firms to track extremist chatter by Americans online, an effort that would expand the government's ability to, quote, gather intel. Um, That sounds like surveillance of Americans without any warrant. Yeah, Yeah, and that's, that's also troubling. How much power do we want to give to unelected federal agents to be able to do this? Uh, we have a court system. We have a constitution in the Fourth Amendment, which talks about homes, papers, and per- persons being protected, is there for a reason. It was there in the Declaration of Independence as one of the grievances that led to the American Revolution. Well, I mean, that sounds like a pretty chilling atmosphere. If uh, what, what are we going to have government snitches all over the place? As we continue with Craig Parshall, special counsel, American Center for Law and Justice. We'll get to your calls uh, after that. The irony in all of this is look, look at, for example, Twitter, which has canceled President Trump. OK, they don't like what President Trump has to say. Uh, I think it was 12 long hours that the, the racial, vicious, mean, spirited, hateful attack against Senator Tim Scott uh, was trending under, you know, Uncle Tim on Twitter. So where was at Jack's Cracker Jack uh, censors at that point? And did the people that put that hate out, uh, are they being permanently banned? Have they been suspended like conservatives are suspended and canceled every day? Facebook, Google, and Twitter ought to be embarrassed, but I don't think that they have any embarrassment. Uh, uh, They have, there's no shame, and apparently the hypocrisy of basically taking their political worldview, we all know what it is, it's far left, always has been. Mark Zuckerberg testified under oath that that is a fact. So these companies have an agenda, and they are, uh, frankly, blind to any criticism of that hypocrisy. And what's, what's troubling, uh, Sean, is the fact that if they were just companies who had an, uh, an opinion about things, I am for free enterprise, absolutely. But these are monopolies, and they're not just monopolies. They're putting together a giant combination of monopolies that control information, and then they are going to do the handmaiden task of whatever the Biden administration wants in terms of cracking down. So if the federal government can't censor us, they will use these big tech companies to do their bidding. That's very frightening. It's, it's, it's frightening and it's chilling at the same time, and I don't think this is a problem that's going away any too soon. Am I wrong in thinking that the idea that we're going to get Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube to to stop their political biases? I, I just I don't see that happening is the answer that conservatives must now create their own products so that they can bypass big tech and, and create their own big tech companies to compete with them with their own separate platforms to compete with them. You know, that would be the best of all worlds because it uh, energizes and, uh, innovation among companies, and hopefully there's some startups out there that really want to accomplish that. And, of course, there's been some chatter that, in fact, some are on their way to being uh, set up right now. But here's, here's the problem. The technology uh, that these companies have developed over uh, the decades 
but just in the last decade, is so sophisticated that it will take years to probably compete uh, with the companies that have. It's a little bit like a horse race. Uh, you know, we just saw the Kentucky Derby. If you gave one or two horses, uh, you know, a, 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 a two or three times uh, lead before that gate opens up for the other ones, there's no possible chance that, that the competitors are going to make this a horse race. And unfortunately, I think technologically, this may be very difficult. That would be the best of all worlds. If all right. We appreciate your insight, as always. Craig uh, Partial, special counsel, the ACLJ, American Center for Law and Justice. Thank you. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. By the way, Rudy Giuliani will respond to the lying media mob and this uh, this revelation that apparently he his cloud while he was representing the president of the United States apparently was hacked into. And uh, we'll talk about the legality or illegality of that tonight, nine Eastern on Fox. Um, I don't know how many of you saw that uh, Joe Biden was given the speech late last week, got confused about his ever precious Amtrak. Listen. If you think about it, when we were when I was vice president with Barack, he allowed me to put together a budget for Amtrak and it had money for high speed rail at 200 miles an hour from from uh, uh, Char- excuse me, from Charlotte. One uh, another line going from in, in Florida down to Tampa. Another line. If we, if we had moved, go, we'd have that tunnel fixed in New York. Now the money was there to get it done. Done. But he seems so sincere. Biden today, anybody making less than $400,000 a year will not pay a single penny in taxes. Well, it's actually couples. We've been through this now numerous times. They keep vacillating back and forth because he keeps getting it wrong. And then he gets corrected. And then he gets it wrong again. Now, that assumes, I guess, that people don't pay sales taxes. I guess that assumes that people don't pay Social Security taxes. I guess we assume that that means uh, that they don't pay state income taxes. I assume they don't pay property taxes. I assume that they won't be bearing the burden of this new corporate tax that comes down. And I assume that that would be an exemption for people if they have capital gains and they only make $400,000 a year or less that they're not going to be impacted by this. None of that is true. Not one little bit of it is true. But it's like the big lie that goes on every day. But don't worry, the Washington Post, their fact checkers have closed down their office only because Joe Biden's president. You know, you can't you can't even make this up. That's that's how corrupt the media mob is here. And um, it's it's sad. And it's but it's so corrupt. And it's so bad. I never thought it could get this bad in this country. I never did. That's why I hope I can deputize everybody out there and to understand the stakes are high moving forward. You got to pressure your your senators to make sure that they're not going to allow SR, which was a version of H.R. one to become the law of the land. That They're not going to allow ending the legislative filibuster. They're not going to allow D.C. statehood. They're not going to allow the biggest power grab attempt in the history of this country. That means you're going to have to rely on some people that are not particularly reliable and and then hope that maybe people like Joe Manchin, people like Senator Sinema, 
might actually have some thought and reason and probably some political ambition behind their unwillingness to go along with the most radical changes ever. All right, let's get to our phones as we say hi to Mark. He's in Minnesota. I saw a column today. Did you see where they're calling it Murderapolis in terms of Minneapolis instead? I didn't see that one. Yeah, sad, isn't it? I believe it. What's going on, sir? Well, Sean, I had a couple of questions I wanted to ask you, and we had the governor of Texas on there, and he told us that he was taking his National Guard to the border, and he was going to secure the border. Correct. What does that mean? Well, does that I, mean I, actually I, locking the border down, or does that mean helping people out of the water? I, I've asked the governor this very question, because what's happening now is the Biden administration, we have laws supposedly we're a nation, a, a democratic republic governed by the rule of law. All our laws are based on our Constitution. and But yet, it, it, the whole concept of sanctuary city and sanctuary state, to me, is nothing short of just aiding and abetting law-breaking and even facilitating it. The processing that's going on down at the border right now directly contradicts the law of the land. Now, you know, Joe Biden once said, I'm not a dictator and I need to get the votes. I need to get the votes. But what the what the actual policy is, is not to enforce the law and just the opposite. They're now not only checking people for radical associations in the middle of a pandemic, doing a health care health check or or seeing if people have the ability to care for themselves when they're in this country. None of that is happening. And now the states are being put in the position where they are in support of the law of the land and trying to enforce the law of the land. And I don't know how this is going to end up to be very frank with you. I mean, I mean, remember um, they had the kids in cages and child protective services where they had thousands of them in, in a center in Dallas weren't even allowed to go in there and check on the health and well-being of the unaccompanied minors that Joe had moved to Dallas and Joe and Kamala and the administration, they're, they're moving all of these illegal immigrants. They're providing them the transportation to go to all the other states in the country and spreading them out. So the answer is that that is a degree of lawlessness facilitated by the federal government. Now, I asked Governor Abbott, he said to the best of his ability, he's going to enforce the law. But now he finds himself directly at odds with the illegal supporting policy of the administration. It's a tough, it's, you know, what's one to do here, right? John, that's my question. When he declares a state of emergency, that makes him the governor, the boss in that state. Now, he's got a lot of power to override a lot of stuff that's going on from the federal government. I'm not a constitutional lawyer. I'm a contractor. Sure. But where are the people that can step in and tell him, you can lock the border down, you can build the government for this because they should be doing it. And when you declare a state emergency, he has a right to request federal funds. That is exactly why we had in the last hour Attorney General Mark Burnovich from Arizona. I missed that one. I should have got in earlier. No, that's all right. Be, let let, let not your heart Arizona be troubled because we discussed this in detail. Because you have a lot of states now joining with, I think we're up to like 19 now, um, with with Arizona urging the U.S. Supreme Court, whenever there you have three branches of government, the legislative branch, the executive branch, when there's a conflict between those two branches, 
then it is the role of that other co-equal branch of government, the judiciary, to solve whatever the conflict is. And rightly, the attorneys general, the attorneys general in these states are uniting to get an answer and get the court to weigh in. Now, if the court follows the Constitution and the process of how a law is created, you don't get to pick and choose what laws that you decide to enforce or not enforce. But unfortunately, my confidence in in a lot of institutions in this country has long been gone. I have no confidence in the institution of media, no confidence in the institution of government, really, especially at the federal level, no confidence in the institution of big tech. I mean, we've got powerful forces aligned that's all support a, a radical political agenda. And if it means circumventing the law, which is what's really happening here, to get the results that they want, it seems to an ends justify the means scenario that's unfolding. And the last thing I want to say about the Supreme Court, have they been scared off, Sean? They, they don't want to get involved in anything. I don't know the answer to your question. The, these, are, these are issues to me of such legal constitutional importance that they ought to be taking these cases. I agree with you. And there ought to I mean, be it's, it's, it's emergency injunctions that, that are in place as well, and they don't seem to have an appetite to enforce the law and uphold the Constitution. That, that's chilling to me, because that, 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 that is their role, as defined by the Constitution. They take an oath to uphold the Constitution, and by upholding the Constitution, that's upholding the laws of the land. And we see it in a whole host of areas. Pretty frightening yeah. times we're living in. Anyway, good call. I appreciate it. Very thoughtful, smart. Um, Back to our phones as we say hi to John in Arizona. What's up, John? How are you? Yeah, hey, Sean. You know, I got a couple comments for you. Uh, The first one is is if the GOP can't get 2020 right, what makes us think that they're going to get this next election right? It's like, you know, they don't give us they they betrayed Trump when when he needed them. And now they expect us to vote for Mitch McConnell. Give me a break. Here's here's where we are. And that's why I've been telling everybody the first order of business is to work with your state senators, your state governors, your state legislators, assemblies, whatever you call them. Uh, There are five specific things that I think need to happen to have and ensure voter integrity and have confidence in election results. One is voter ID. That's simple. By the way, they have that in Joe's state of Delaware that he's represented 5,000 years. Okay. The second thing is signature verification. The third thing is there's got to be chain of custody observation. In other words, that people on both sides of, of the aisle, when ballots come in, they get to keep an eye on them. So there's no funny business going on. I think, I think that's pivotal. Uh, partisan observers, that, that is already written into the law in almost every state, that partisan observers, both sides, have a right to watch the vote count and not from 20 or 100 feet away or to be banned at all from observing anything. And I think if you do these five things, I think that we can then restore integrity. Now, the good news is Georgia has improved their law dramatically. It's not Jim Crow 2.0. It's far more inclusive than even Delaware by a long shot. Uh, they need to add signature verification, and then I think they're actually there. Uh, Pennsylvania is in the process of of fixing the problems in their state, as is Wisconsin, Michigan, and Arizona. You got this big recount going on in Arizona. Arizona. Right, right. in Maricopa County. Yep. And we're watching that closely to see which way it goes. They, 
it's going to be bigger than they originally thought or, or planned for. So I'm, I'm curious what the outcome of that is eventually going to be. But I, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what the latest update on that is, is the Washington Examiner pointed out that with the audit reaching the one week mark at the end of last week, the secretary of state in Arizona, who's a state Senate audit liaison, offered an update, which includes two point this audit, this process, two point one million ballots cast, a forensic audit of voting machines and follow up interviews with voters. Which just, you know what, if you want integrity and confidence in the results, whatever the result is, people will then accept it. Uh, all right. Let us say hi to Larry is in Indiana. What's up, Larry? How are you? Um, I'm well, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Thank you for calling. Just to, just to add on to what the previous caller said, our Supreme Court justice system is just, it's a disgrace. They act so timid and so almost ashamed to take any of the cases um, like they were, like they were you know, part of the mafia or the mob. They're on the payroll. It's just it's it's just disgusting. Um, as far as the the mask uh, mandate, um, yeah, Indiana's not letting up on this, and it's uh, it's funny because if you get out away from any of the metropolitan areas, if you're wearing a mask, people in my business, customers that I go into, they kind of look at you and go, um, "That's not necessary here." So. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be very frank. Being a public figure, I kind of like the mask for me. It kind of helps me out a little bit. I get a little anonymity a little bit in my life that I haven't had in a long time. But but you're right. But when I'm outside, I, I'm usually not wearing a mask. If, but I, I, you know, and and I make sure that I, I'm very considerate uh, when I'm around other people. That doesn't bother me at all. But I think they're creating confusion by... You know, with Joe Biden, just an extra special, extra layer of protection, being extra careful. I'm like, OK, why are you being extra careful? I'm trying to understand an extra precaution. You know, you told us the vaccine works. You told us that life would get back to normal. That's what you told us. It doesn't look normal to me. You got to wonder if Sleepy Joe wears that to bed. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Anyway, anything else on your mind today? Yeah, if you got a half a second, um, I was listening to you uh, several times. I listen to your show all the time, but I listen to you uh, go back and forth with Linda on the Happy Meal and the French fries. And I got to tell you, buddy, I, I, I've I've been eating McDonald's French fries since I was probably five years old, and um, you know they're nowhere anywhere close to what they used to be. You know when they used to fry them in the good, you know deep uh animal fat you know all the stuff that's really good for you so um, i just can't but, believe that linda linda has not won't take her son for a happy meal and 85 <laughs> to 15 you my audience agrees with me that little liam five-year-old liam deserves a happy meal well Chicken the stomach ache that follows the happy meal i'll make sure that uncle sean is there to clean it up all right, that's going to wrap things up for today rudy giuliani fighting back uh, with his explanation and why was he being surveilled while being the, the president's attorney? What happened to privilege there? Uh, we'll get into it Rudy Giuliani. Reaction, Ari Fleischer, Greg Jarrett. Uh, also, uh, Christy Nome, Leo Terrell, 2.0, Monica Crowley, and Lara Logan at the border, and much more. News you won't get from the mob, 9 Eastern tonight. We'll see you then, back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us.